Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Motorsport this week. My name is Jez. I'm hosting this week uh, alongside Alex. It's been a while, Alex. How are you? Uh, it's good to be back. It has been a while. There's been a lot of motorsport action, I think, since the last time I was on the podcast, but <laughs> it's good to be back talking about motorsport. Indeed it is. No Lewis this week. He's unfortunately a bit busy with a house shift and stuff. Not quite fully set up to come back onto the pod, but uh, everything being all right. He should be available for next week. So let's just dive straight into it. Another race, another Max Verstappen masterclass. <laughs> I mean, what what more can you say about him except that he is the best driver in the world right now? I know he, he is phenomenal. Like I know we've, especially Lewis, has a bit of hatred towards Verstappen as what's happened in the past, but it's it's crazy how consistent he is. Like all the time, he's all like he went. Can you remember last time Max made a mistake? Because I can't. I, I honestly can't remember. I think that maybe it was the Singapore Grand Prix from last year when he when he tried the overtake on Lando and just locked all of his tyres up. It's the last major one. It's crazy how perfect. And you saw, uh, obviously, we're probably going to speak about it, the amount of penalties that were given for track, like track limits. Yeah. And he's just consistently on it all the time. And then at the end, I think that just shows how dominant and how confident they are in that Red Bull team pitting when, you know, there was only a three second gap. If they you know messed up that pit stop, even only slightly, there was a chance Leclerc could have got ahead of him, but just mm-hmm. to risk it almost all for one point. I mean, it just shows the confidence that they have in that team. And I mean, at the moment, it doesn't feel like anyone can stop them. It really doesn't. I mean, you saw, you saw in the sprint race, uh, just how dominant he could be. I think, I think the gap was what twenty-two seconds in the end. Yeah, the I think it was something like that. Yeah, R- ridiculous pace. And then obviously Perez finished alongside him in the sprint race after the the sprint shootout. Was it a one-two in sprint shootout? Uh, sprint shootout, yeah. And obviously, shot, um, Perez had well, it was great. He had like two or three track deletions in Q two on on the Friday. So it's obviously, yeah. I think he started P fifteen on Sunday. But yeah, for the sprint. Perez did really well from the start, though. He got up alongside Max going into turn one. Obviously, got around Max going into turn one, but then Max then sort of swifted back onto the inside, like would have been on the inside going into turn three. And I don't know if you saw this, Jets, like he basically pushed him onto the grass, and Verstappen was not too happy about that. But that was like the one time where you thought, this is it. Now, this is someone taking it to Max. We've not really seen it from the start, probably since the start of the season. But even then, he's looked confident. So you're just thinking, yeah, and then you run up to turn three, you think, oh, surely he's not going to throw it you know, down the inside on his team. And Max just did. Obviously, with it being wet, I think he, he ended up going straight on, didn't he? And, you know, oh, it's caused a bit of a pile of us. Lando and I think a couple of other drivers were a bit unlucky in that. Yeah. I think Lando started P3 in that uh Sprint yeah, shooter and then ended ended up out of turn three, finishing what came out of like P ten or something. Yeah, I think I think he, he had they did have pace in that McLaren this weekend. I think they did look good. I know he's keeping up with Charles Leclerc during the sprint after he did drop back. I think he said something. His car went into anti storm because obviously he wasn't expecting Verstappen to have like you know to go straight on because he didn't have enough grip to t- do the corner. And obviously the two Red Bulls then almost collided, and he basically just got stuck behind that whilst the rest of the grid just flew past him basically. Yeah, a little bit unlucky, but as you said, it's a, it was a good showing from McLaren. I think yeah. clearly the upgrades are working for them. Well, yeah, definitely. I think because uh, Piastri didn't have the upgrades on his car, I think, if I'm right in saying. So, obviously, first outing for the new was it? Is the first outing for the new upgrades, or is, was it put on his car before? Yeah. So there you go. The first outing for the new upgrades. Obviously, going to see more of it in Silverstone. So hopefully for the McLaren, you know, with running the Chrome as well. Um, I don't know what your yeah. thoughts on that are. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was that was literally the perfect segue because I was going to ask you about that chrome livery. Personally, I really don't like it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they could have done so much more with that. Yeah, with that chrome livery, but yeah, there's just it's it's not it's either not enough chrome or there's the obvious missing element of red. Yeah. Throw it back to the to the old Vodafone McLaren days. Obviously, that's like a that's a sponsor thing. The Vodafone was the whole reason it was red. But that yeah, that that McLaren car is just iconic, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I think I think like you said, it's almost it's not enough chrome, or it's not it's not too little either. It's like they've got like, the worst balance of it with papaya yeah. and the chrome. It just doesn't really go. I mean, hopefully for McLaren, the the the, the actual livery doesn't affect any performance, which you know it shouldn't. <laughs> And hopefully with these upgrades, they're going to have another strong weekend, especially for Norris being his home Grand Prix. I'm sure he'll be hoping for that and for the Silverstone. Indeed. And obviously, Silverstone Grand Prix, it's uh, probably, usually one of the more exciting races in the, yeah. in the F1 calendar. I know Max doesn't particularly enjoy racing at Silverstone because <laughs> uh, whenever he goes there, some sort of bad luck comes in his way. Yeah, 2019, where he was rear-ended by Vettel, uh, 2020, that Mercedes was a rocket ship. Nothing really you could do about it. 2021, we all know what happened into Cops Corner. I'll get into that one. It's a good job. <laughs> if he was here, I'd be making Abu Dhabi 2021 comments every <laughs> single time. And then obviously in 2022, he ran over that uh, piece of Alpha Tauri debris, which basically uh, damaged his car to a point where he couldn't really race ended up finishing b7 i think in the end but, uh, he still he still managed to bring that one home <clears throat> somehow but as i said he, he usually doesn't have a, a great outing at silverstone and obviously no. the british crowds <laughs> british yeah. crowd aren't too welcoming welcoming of it'll him. be interesting to see when he takes um you know early prediction before we before we do actually get into our predictions <laughs> later on in the video but i'm going to say when verstappen takes a top step on the podium it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what the british crowd make of it you know, I mean, which is bad, you know, because I, I know like they've, what's happened with Hamilton and whatever, but I think it ha it's happened to Vettel in it in the past was like when he won in Monza and the whole like uh, the scooter era, obviously all um, they're all booing him on the pitch. I think I, I think it's bad, you know, because like at the end of the day, he's what he's doing at the moment. We're what literally watching greatness at the minute. And I know people say it's the car and over, but Perez isn't doing it in that car. So, you know, and I know Perez isn't of the same level of Verstappen, but like he's literally won how many races is it now? And how many perfect weekends in a row? It's like three or four. It's and that was yeah. a sprint weekend as well. <laughs> yeah, even more points. Like you can like it's not the fact that he took that he took maximum points, twenty-six points, where race victory and fastest lap. He took the sprint as well. Yeah. So full was so what's that thirty-four points in one yeah. weekend? It's ridiculous how how consistent he is. Did he do the same in the, the first sprint race of the season? Did we have a... Uh, what was the sprint? sprint? I think it was meant to be Imola, was it not? I know it was Baku, sorry. Baku, Baku, Baku yeah. yeah. Did, did he win that Baku sprint? I actually can't remember. No, because Perez didn't win. Perez won the actual Grand Prix, didn't he? Perez won the Grand Prix, yeah. So, yeah, so he didn't quite get the full set there. But still, this weekend, I mean, to be honest, going into it, Red Bull are often quite good at that um, at the Red Bull ring. You know, we saw when Mercedes were dominant. They that was always Red Bull were challenge, or obviously Verstappen. Anyway, so I think it was pretty much a given going into uh, this weekend that Verstappen was going to dominate, and obviously Perez showed 
you know, once it, well, he doesn't usually do it he's coming through the grid, but this weekend he showed that, you know, the, how good that Red Bull car can be. It was P3 in the end for him. Did he get Leclerc? Yeah, he did. He didn't, did he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, didn't get, he didn't get Leclerc. It was P3 in the end. But, I mean, let's, let's just dissect that Austrian Grand Prix. I think the, the, the two words that are on everyone's everyone's word everyone's mouth after after that grand prix track limits <laughs> i mean how many infringements were there over 1000 infringements i think i yeah. i read like that's crazy to me i've got i've got the list of the 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 penalties that have been applied after the after the aston martin appeal so science got 10 seconds worth of penalties hamilton got 10 seconds gasly got 10 seconds Albon got 10 seconds, Sargent got 10 seconds, De Vries got 15 seconds, Sonoda got 5 seconds, and mighty Esteban Ocon got 30 <laughs> seconds. I just waiting for that. <laughs> I, I was building it up. what Esteban Ocon was doing. I really don't, to be honest it with you. <laughs> makes no sense, but once again, Esteban Ocon, I don't want to say he's been screwed over by the FIA, but he's it, it's, a, it's another race where he's had to have a large amount of penalties enforced <laughs> on him. Really, not really of his own fault. Okay, yes, the track limits are his fault, but it had to be it had to be checked after the race for him to be to for him to have those penalties, which is crazy to me. I mean, like, they were monitoring track limits at, at like turn nine and ten, was it? I think that's what yeah. they were monitoring it the most. How do you how do you go off that track so often? I mean, yes, I get to maximize track like speed and get in the best racing line out of a corner, but surely you know you've got to put all four wheels on the track, right? Yeah, well, you like looking at it that way. It is common sense, isn't it? Like as you come around that uh, the second to last corner, it is quite fast paced, but like like you said, it, the drivers should know they have to put. Um, four wheels. At least one wheel has to be on, you know, on the white line or whatever it is. And so say was did you say fat one thousand? Over a thousand, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Like I know people were moaning about how it was done after the race. However, I don't think there'll be another race like where like there's that many, you know, people doing that. Like, there's so many things wrong. It's like how are they meant like Often the stewards are wrong, and I'm, you know, we're one of the first to jump onto it and say, you know, this is wrong. But like, cut them a bit of slack. Like, there's a lot to deal with there when there's literally drivers constantly on the radio. Like, you had Norris constantly talking about Hamilton. Hamilton was just sort of all race, just saying the driver in front of him. I think it was Perez at one point, Alonso was going over that white line. So I think there was a lot for them to deal with. And I know they are, that's why they are there. But, you know, in, and I think in this scenario, you know, cut them a little bit. Slack. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fair to allow them to have that have that slack. I mean, looking at the the amended results after those penalties were applied, the top three stayed the same, but then you got Norris bumped up to P four, Alonso P five, Science drops down to sixth. Russell then comes ahead of Hamilton because on track Hamilton finished ahead of Russell. Stroll comes ninth, and then Gasly drops down to P ten. I mean, uh, I can't remember who else got bumped out of the. Of the points, I guess. I guess Ocon got bumped out the points. <laughs> I imagine Ocon got bumped out the points. I think did, did Albon make it the top ten? Um, the, I, I remember seeing him in, in around that area, but he was he was also during um, 
there during the sprint race and because obviously there was like a crossover point some teams decided to change onto the um soft or medium tire and obviously some teams stayed on the inside and i remember seeing him but i think he went a lap too late and then he ended up dropping 15th that was in the sprint but i'm pretty sure he was in and around the points for, for most of the weekend mate yeah he finished 11th on a on the on the timing sheet, so uh, that's with the with the penalties applied. So I assume he did he did end up in the points, but with the with the time penalty, he had to go down. I think Max in the end only had one lap time deleted for for track limits, which is unbelievably consistent. Then the only driver that didn't have a track limit was Zhou Guan Yu, which fair play to him. He did very well. So yeah, he he was he ended up finishing a lap down. But for all what seventy-one laps that he did since the seventy-two laps of Austria, seventy-one laps didn't go out of track limits once. Very, very good consistency from Zhou Guan Yu. Ah, definitely. All right, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was Austria. Uh, before we move on to to our next segment, uh, one thing that I'd that, we, that I said to you, Alex, just beforehand, uh, we at Motorsport this week would love would uh, like to pay our respects to uh, Delano Vantoff, the MP Motorsport driver who was driving at the the Frecker uh, Championships round at Spa at the same weekend that the Austrian Grand Prix was held. Uh, unfortunately, a crash happened in race two, where unfortunately Delano lost his life. A young, eighteen years old. It's it's shocking to have to read stories like that where a young racing driver trying to make it up to the top level losing their life doing what they love i mean again it's that it's at spa francochamps it was on it was just a little bit further forward than the uh, antoine hubert crash where obviously he lost his his life as well down in down in spa i mean surely the conversation has to be had now about whether spa is safe enough to to have a grand prix because obviously because obviously the it was rainy conditions, which obviously is not ideal for anything. Because we saw so obviously the washout in twenty twenty one for the F one race, the the frecker conditions were arguably even worse. Because I saw uh, a picture of how they were racing; it was way more spray than the F one cars were dealing with, and obviously that's going to be way more dangerous. So surely there has to be some sort of question asked about spa and safety. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's almost like reignited what was being said a couple of years ago when, like, the dangerous, especially through Eau Rouge and Radion, like, the water's draining down the hill as well. The spray coming off the cars, it like, you, you know, you see the onboards during wet conditions and it, it's near enough impossible to see what's in front of you. And by the sounds of it, that's what's happened again. And it it's happened once too, one too many times and it, it can't happen again. But what, like, when are we going to get to a stage where something is going to happen? All the FIA, FIA going to now look at it. I mean, we race in Spa in a few weeks' time, isn't, isn't that right? Yeah, it's going to be, it's the, the last race before the summer break. So, uh, in a few weeks' time, actually, I think it's the. Wait, hold on, let me get the, the calendar up. It is the twenty eighth to the thirtieth of July, so it's less than twenty five days away now. Yeah. So exactly, um, like, are they going to make a decision before then? But then to say, like, Spa is obviously one of the greatest tracks. You know, it's the the history of that track. So, like, I mean, like in dry conditions, is it as dangerous? We, you know, we don't you, you don't hear of it happening. There, it always seems to be in wet conditions, but it's obviously it needs to be locked out because, it, like I said, it's happened too many times now. 
where you know young drivers are losing their lives. I heard I can't remember who was on Sky made a great point. I think they said with young drivers, you know how the more experienced drivers in F1 they'll come over the radio and they'll say that it's too wet to be racing, you know, because they've almost got nothing to prove. But these young drivers they want to go out there and they don't want to almost seem a bit too weak to say we shouldn't be racing in these conditions. They want to show that you know that courage that you know they're not scared and whatever and. Maybe that's why it happens, but like I said, it's it's not it's not right, and something does need to change. Yeah, like you said, it's it's one too many drivers now that that's that's this dream has been taken from them because of adverse weather or just pure unfortunate circumstances that they they couldn't really avoid. And obviously, rest in peace, Delano. We send our condolences to his family and friends, and to the MP Motorsport team. May he rest in peace. I'll just cut that there. Yeah, so. yeah, cut, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, good place to cut it, and then yeah. we'll reconvene with uh, Silverstone. Should I? Yeah, go to Silverstone. To Silverstone. Yeah. All right then. Mm-hmm. Three, yeah. two, one. So moving on. Next up, as we we've already touched on this uh, a little bit earlier on in the pod, Silverstone British Grand Prix. As we said, it's usually not Max's favourite race uh, to attend with a, with a whole whole host of uh, different scenarios that usually plague him at this track, but it is one of the best race tracks on the calendar. I mean, it doesn't matter which corner, which corner you can name it. Love Field, Abbey, Stowe, Cops, whichever one it is, there's always action going on there. I mean... Have you been have you been to the Silverstone Grand Prix yet, Alex? Unfortunately not. No. I mean it's literally like a dream to go there. Obviously, I went to Catalonia, but Silverstone's different. It's the it's the biggest one on the calendar. You know, I don't care what you know Las Vegas has to say, Silverstone's the one weekend in it. It's like you said, every corner, like you can name them all basically. It's just it's um it's like I said to you before we came on camera, it's the one race I'm at like at the moment with the season going, I'm really looking forward to it. So hopefully it lives up to that expectation. Yeah, I mean, the just the unpredictability that Silverstone provides is just second to none, really. I mean, you can't really get anywhere more unpredictable than than turn one at turn one at Silverstone. Because okay, let, let's let's face it. Last year, we did not expect a car to be flipped upside down going out of no. turn one, did we? <laughs> no, definitely not. No. And then obviously you had the <laughs> the the idiots that stormed the track. <laughs> uh, yeah. After the first lap. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. I because... was I was speaking to someone about this before, and I was I, I wouldn't be surprised either. And like they were realistically, they were quite lucky that obviously not for Joe, and obviously we don't want that to happen again. But if they if them cars were coming around that corner at full speed, then you know they're putting their lives in danger. But also like the young fans that are watching from home, like it's, it's just not the right thing to do, is it? No, it's really not, and it's 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 just causing unnecessary safety problems. Yeah, especially an F at an F one track, invading the track, sitting in the middle of the track, and like you said, it's fortunate that red flag was thrown out that they that they didn't, and it's good that they didn't get any airtime on the telly. Yes, yeah. goodness knows what could have happened in that scenario. They invaded Wimbledon uh, earlier today. I saw I saw the the tweets roll in from the Just Stop Oil account. I. <laughs> I'd rather not see them, but they did uh, end up on my timeline. And uh, they love to cause uh, chaos at these sporting events. And like you said, it's it's probably inevitable that they're going to do something like that again. Definitely, I, I hope not. But it, it it seems part and parcel with with major British events that these the idiots moment, yeah. come along. 
these idiots come along and ruin it. You saw it at the Ashes day one at Lords. The 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 snooker ch- world championships has happened then. Obviously Wimbledon now. Plenty of instances in the football. The guy that zip tied himself to the to the post. Yeah, <laughs> saved Everton actually. Kept <laughs> 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 Everton up. It's just, it, absolute lunatics. A lot of them. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's what we're going to expect at Silverstone, aren't we? It's yeah, realistic. Apart from Max's victory, inevitable victory, it's probably going to be the least surprising thing at Silverstone. <laughs> Never looking looking forward into Silverstone. Is there anyone that you expect that might cause a surprise? Obviously, we've talked about Lando with the upgrades on that McLaren, and obviously him him doing it in front of his own crowd. Do you think there's anyone else that could maybe shake up the party there? Well, I was gonna I was gonna point to Lando. Obviously, you just have that. I, I think. I know Mercedes had a poor weekend last week, but they've been talking about Silverstone Avenue for a while now, saying that that's when it's going to change for them. And with Lewis around Monaco, uh, not Monaco, sorry, I don't know where Monaco's come <laughs> from. Uh, Silverstone, he, you know, it's one of his, his strongest track, realistically. So I'm hoping that he can put something on because they have that home crowd as well. So maybe Verstappen, Hamilton, Norris podium. <laughs> a, bit of a, a rogue shout, but I mean, I'm doubting it, but we'll never, we never know. <laughs> If that was the podium, I think that, that might be the, the the first podium in F1 history where second and third get a bigger cheer than the first yeah. place. <laughs> so, wouldn't surprise me if that happened. No, definitely not. Although I think I think a, a Verstappen a, a Verstappen crash would get the the British crowd up a lot more. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it'd, get, it'd get Lewis up out of his seat and just, just say, <laughs> "Yeah, get in." <laughs> Just pants the lowest sprinting down the down the hangar <laughs> straight, just doing a knee slide <laughs> on the grass in front of the crowd. <laughs> it, won't be be... <laughs> it won't be those protesters going onto the track. Just pants the lowest, just running down the hangar <laughs> straight. We were speaking about inevitable things, but I think if this happens, it would be the greatest prediction. I think I think we, we deserve like all like we deserve like pallet passes for the rest of our lives if we get this right. <laughs> <laughs> this would be one hell of a prediction. <laughs> Imagine that's why Lewis isn't here. He's actually he's actually packed his bags and gone to Silverstone already. <laughs> he's gonna run on with him as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, it's, it's, just give him back to when Nigel Mansell won the won the British Grand Prix, the whole crowd invades yeah. the track. Lewis is going to sit on Hamilton's car <laughs> and just drive back to the pits. Lewis with the Union Jack in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> we'll be brilliant. We can clip this for TikTok as well. This is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> They'll love this. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant sidetrack that from us. I mean, this, this weekend isn't a sp- uh, sprint weekend, is it? Uh, no, it's not. I'm not too sure when the next sprint is. I was going to ask you about what do you actually think of the new sprint weekend for uh, the new format? Like we, we discussed this, me and Lewis discussed this for the when we were previewing the Austrian Grand Prix uh, last week. Sprint races, they're cool. Like from the entertainment standpoint, it's brilliant. More racing action for for fans who have bought tickets to see a regular F1 weekend. Like from that point of view, it's brilliant. But from the way that they've set it up, it doesn't really make sense to me. Like now, obviously, we had last year's uh, sprint races. They yes. made the grid for they made the grid for Sunday's race. But now the sprint races is just for points. There's no real there's no real emphasis on the sprint race anymore. It's just 
another another I don't want to call it a gimmick race, but it's just like a just a free race to allow Verstappen to get free eight points. <laughs> yeah. Basically. I mean, I agree with you because I was watching it on Saturday and you like as much as it was entertaining, like you do there's just not that same excitement as you get when it's race because it's like, well, none of this really matters. Or like I know you're getting world championship points, but eight points in a championship race when like say if your rival I know there's no championship battle this year, but say when the thing your rival finishes second and gets seven points, isn't it? So like a one point difference, like it is all for the show and I get that it, like you said, it's better for the fans that are travelling to the track. But I just think they need to find a way of making it like feel like a proper race. Like I feel like last year when you were getting that grid place, uh, getting your position for Sunday on the sprint race, it just added that bit of extra to it instead of with the just having points. I just think it's a bit of a pointless race personally. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a it's 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 great from the from the entertainment standpoint, but like from a from the racing standpoint, like for the championship and stuff, points, yeah, but I don't really see that. I don't really see the point of it, to be honest. No, me neither. So, what, <laughs> before we move on, what are your uh, predictions for Silverstone as well? Um, I mean, I think it's a pretty foregone conclusion who's going to win the race, barring yeah. anything, barring any Max Silverstone typical Max Silverstone shenanigans. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a Verstappen victory. I feel uh, there will be. In my opinion, there will be a Brit on the podium. I think it will be Lando Norris on the podium yeah. for maybe second or third, and then mm, that's a Charles Leclerc. We'll, we'll go with yeah. the Verstappen Leclerc Norris podium. That's what we'll, well go Ferrari, Ferrari have actually improved. They they're looking a lot better now. They you know they're actually I know they weren't there, but there was point Lewis put in the group chat where he was like, oh, who's going to win this? But like obviously. Verstappen end up dominating because that car is so much better. But like, if Ferrari can, you know, keep on going, they're not that far off either. And obviously, Aston Martin have said coming into Silverstone as well as Mercedes that this is when they're going to improve even more. So you never know; we might see a bit closer racing. Because how how good would it be for the second half of the season? Even though we won't have a championship final, just seeing eight um, eight different drivers or four different teams going for a race win, it would be it would be amazing. It would be amazing. Yeah, um, I'd I'd be I'd be very much a one for those sort of races, you know. I'm, as much as I'd like to see Verstappen just coast to victory, I'd like as a neutral, it'd be great to have these. Oh yeah, close racing makes plenty of sense. Yeah, what's your prediction for Silverstone? I think quite similar to you. Obviously, I think everyone's going to say Verstappen to win, and then I do think there'll be a break on it. I'm going to go with Hamilton just because of what's being said about that Mercedes. I feel like they built it up massively. I would have said race win a few weeks ago because of how I sort of got into the hype train. I think <laughs> Austria is sort of not that hype down a little bit. And then I think, I think I, I mean, to be honest, I do think a Ferrari might be on the podium, but it also depends which Sergio Perez turns up this weekend. Is it going to be the Perez of mm. the start of the season or is it going to be Perez of the, like the second, you know, second half of the season type of things, you know, since after Baku or whatever, where he's just seemed like, I don't know, like he has race pace one weekend and the other weekend he doesn't, is qualifying. I mean, he's, he's not having the best of luck in qualifying at the moment, is he? He's really not, but I mean, it, it it kind of is his own fault, really. The the track limits, but, yeah, um, exactly. We've, we, we've spoken enough about track limits, and we've spoken enough about F one. Let me, as I see the t- the time is running out on the on the Zoom meeting. I'm going to quickly segue off into my bread and butter, IndyCar. <laughs> but I'll let you do this. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I think I'm the only one out of the, the three of us that really pays any sort of attention to IndyCar, but. 
this weekend. Uh, it was the uh, it was the Honda Indy 200 at Mid Ohio. I said a couple of weeks ago that I thought it was an oval track because uh, because it, the name is Mid. It's an Indy 200, so I thought maybe it's an oval track. It's not. It was a race track, like a race course, road course that they call it, and you know, thought it might be something special. Colton Herder put it on pole again, just like he did uh, around the streets of Detroit last week. Uh, and he probably could have ended up winning it, but uh, a a muck-up uh, on a pit entry, he sped he sped across the the pit lane limiter line, so he got a he got a a, a time penalty, which was I think it was a time penalty. It was either that or a drive through penalty, which they enforce in IndyCar. Which basically derailed his race from the time it the time he entered that pit lane. It was a bit annoying, but like similar to Max Verstappen, we've got someone absolutely running away with the IndyCar Championship, and that man is Alex Polo. He went on for a third victory in a row, I think it was now at uh, with the the Mid Ohio two hundred. Yep, it is three race victories in a row, four wins on the season, and his gap and his gap at the top now is over a hundred points, which is absolutely crazy to think about. I mean, he he has raced that car to absolute perfection. IndyCar, it's it's almost a spec series. It's not quite completely a spec series. It's sort of like F two, right? Yeah, the the better teams have a slightly better car, more funding behind them. You know how it is. Those th- those drivers you expect to go at the front. So you've got your Chip Ganassi Racing, which is where Alex Polo races. Then you've got the Andretti Motorsport team, which is where Colton Herter is. And usually you've got Team Penske, which is uh, who my favourite driver, Joseph Newgarden, drives for. And then obviously you've got Arrow McLaren, who's in there as well, with Pato Award, people like that. Those are the sort of teams you, you expect to be at the front and expect to be a bit better. And Alex Polo has just taken it to a, a whole nother level. Uh, his teammate, Scott Dixon, came in P2 for the Indy 200, another Chip Ganassi car. He's, I think, then I don't know if I've said this to you before or not, but I've definitely said it to Lewis. You could probably consider Scott Dixon to be like the Lewis Hamilton of IndyCar. Six world championships. He's one of the greatest in the, in the sports history. I don't think he's got the most. I think that still belongs to... Uh, Alonso Jr. I think that's his name. I think that's the guy with the most uh, Indy Indy 500 race wins and championships. But uh, yeah, he he finished in P2. Who finished in P3? I ah Will Power finished in P3. I just remember that the defending series champion finished P3. And then you have um former F2 prodigy Christian Lungard finishing finishing P4. He's out there in out there in the states doing pretty well for himself as well. Christian Lungard, ever so close to the to the podium finish, but couldn't quite hack it. And then P P five, I actually can't remember who finished P five. It's coming to my brain. It's coming to my brain. Scott McLaughlin finished P five. Driver for Team Penske, he finished P five. But I mean, I, I say this all the time to the viewers, to to Lewis, to to you as well, Alex. If you're not watching IndyCar. Get amongst it. It is so it's so much fun to watch. Yes, okay, Polo is running away with a title. Yeah, it's it's not great for a title fight, but th- every race is just overtake after overtake. It's it's crazy how jam packed an IndyCar race is. Like you just you just 
have to watch IndyCar. I prop it so much and every race it usually delivers for me, but no one seems to be watching. I mean, it's fine by me. I can I can sit here as like a as a as a rogue British IndyCar fan. I can can have that I can have that plastered on my on my chest here as a proud IndyCar watcher. But yeah, it just feel like week. every week. Sorry, just feel like every week of the minute we come onto the podcast, it's just those three sat saying Verstappen's won. You know, it's a bit of a boring race. Then we go to you with your Indy car, and it's like, oh, what a race weekend it was. So, <laughs> you know, if there isn't you know any advertisement because there's not much of it in the UK, Jez is your man with the advertising. Exactly. For <laughs> if you if you need Indy car promo, Indy car NTT, hit me up, guys. Hit me up. I can. <laughs> Give you the free promo with the UK. The next race for Indy uh, is around the, the streets of Toronto uh, on July 16th. I think that that does not clash with a with an F1 race weekend. So you've got no excuse to, to miss it. It will be on at 6.30 UK time. So I expect you'll be having your eyes peeled on it, Alex. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I sincerely hope so. But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for most for this week i can see the timer is running low so i'm gonna have to wrap things up a little bit here uh silverstone obviously this weekend there's your your main motorsport fix for for this week obviously my thanks to alex for joining me on this podcast no worries it's been a good and it's been good to be back as well <laughs> yeah great to have you back hopefully we'll have you here for, for next week as well Obviously, don't forget to subscribe, leave a like, comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to us on whatever platform, Spotify, uh, Apple, Apple, whatever it is, whatever platform you use to listen to our stuff, leave us a like, give us a rating. And yeah, that's it from Motorsport this week. We'll see you next week. See ya.